Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 85. And today I've got a really special episode for you guys. I'm joined by a trading grandmaster, a guy that you guys will know on Twitter as Trading Composure, but is, he goes by the name of Ivan Bayaji. So how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. How, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much for joining. I can imagine you're a very, uh, you know, a man in demand and a very busy one at that. I, I'm very busy indeed. It's, it's a pleasure for me to be here. Thank you very much, man. And you're a professional trader and you've got a Twitter account, a blog and a website dedicated to teaching, you know, us life lessons of, about trading. Yes. So, so I'm a trader. I've been trading for a living. Uh, I've been doing this since 2006, full time. Um, and it's, it's been a long journey, right? Full of ups and downs. Uh, but before that, uh, I did little jobs here and there. I'm a high school dropout, by the way. I, I dropped out not because I didn't like school, but because uh, I had a learning difficulty and I wasn't quite inspired by the system as well. Mm. Uh, also, I grew up in a very difficult uh, area in the suburbs of Paris, France, where bullying was just a constant thing. So, you know, given these different circumstances, it was just very difficult for me to uh, follow in normal curses. Yeah, so I'm 37 years old, by the way, now. <laughs> so that was a long time ago now, right? And, uh, and, and what, what introduced you to the, to the world of trading? I've always been a very uh, calm and introverted person. And at school, I would spend a lot of time at the library reading books. Uh, and one of the first books I read on on trading was how I made two thousand dollars, um, and it it was a really great book, and it really opened my mind to the possibilities of of trading of investing. But I only started trading uh, later in two thousand and six, uh, and as I said, I struggled a lot at, at first. I struggled for five consecutive years because. Uh, I was struggling with, I was just very, very uh, emotional and, and incons- inconsistent and impulsive. Um, but eventually, slowly, things started to click. And 2013 was my first profitable year. And I've been profitable ever since. I think 2016, uh, my results were so-so. Uh, last year, 2008 was a losing year for me as well. Uh, 2019, we'll see so far, but, you know, so far so good. But I mean, overall, I'm consistent now. You could say that I've been able to crack the code. It has to do with a healthy respect for the mindset component, uh, which I think too many people ignore. Uh, And now I run Trading Composure, a website that focuses on on that the mindset component um, this this is where I, i've struggled the most and it was just a natural step for me to to create a website and, and discuss how i've been able to prevail over this main weakness of mine and help others do so as well that, that's an amazing journey man but why don't we talk a little bit more about those six years of struggle in terms of the trading world first of all what are the biggest lessons you've taken from that and what was kind of a aha moment that meant that you suddenly went from being you know six years on the trot unprofitable to, to profitable yeah it's it's been a long journey first of all when i realized that i wasn't able to maintain some sort of consistency you know my results look looked like an abstract painting from Picasso, right? It just went up, down, with no real consistency behind. And eventually, I came to a point where I lost a huge chunk of my original investment, which was about $100,000 at that time. And I decided that I needed to stop trading for a while because my mindset was compromised. I was depressed. I wasn't feeling well at all. And long story short, I went on this meditation retreat in the south of France. And this was really a life-changing experience for me. It allowed me to really look into myself and, and just look at my experience 
as a human being and look at my emotions and my thoughts and inquire about them. And it really gave me a tool to manage myself better and to really begin to act more consistently in my own best interest. And that's how slowly over time I became really, really good at managing my mindset and my my trading performance got better over time. Again, it wasn't an overnight thing. I, uh, it was was a process, right? And it, it's 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 been a beautiful journey. And I really love sharing what I've learned with people. Really find meaning in that. That's that's pretty amazing, man. I think um, I think people really underestimate the link between markets and, and human psychology right markets are being driven by humans and people really fail to understand that i've got one question for you as well before we kind of get into a few of the questions that were asked by some of my followers and uh, i'm assuming some of your followers as well what, what kind of things do you trade is it is it mostly equities is it currencies or is it a bit of everything yeah i trade mostly equities the u.s stock market i will trade european names here and there uh, i also do trade options on a different account, a small account, different time frames. I don't treat football index. I've heard about it, uh, but as I told you earlier, I haven't looked into it in, in any kind of you know, extensive manner. But I do have a lot of people who, are, who follow me who, are, who do trade football or sports trading in general. And they, they seem to find the work that I do helpful because the recurring theme within any form of trading is this mindset component. Uh, if you want to make it in the long run, you have to develop a way of thinking that's different from the rest, a way of thinking that's deeper. And also, most people are ruled by emotions like fear, greed, envy, right? And it makes objectivity a very difficult thing to achieve. And it leaves them prone to making costly mistakes. So you, you have to come to a point where you know, you're working on developing maturity in dealing with your emotions and, and feelings. In other words, you, you have to come to a point where you, you are working on, on becoming a better version of yourself, a superior way of being and, and acting in the world. And, and most people don't. And that's why they fail in such a field. field. The biggest factor that has prevented me uh, for a very long time from kept me away from succeeding in this field was the psychological one. It's a psychological factor, not the informational uh, factor or the analytical factor. No, I I had an edge. I had a good risk management plan, uh, but I just couldn't get myself to act consistently in my own best interest. And yeah, so 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 that's why I that's what I focus on now. I just manage my mindset, and I do it really really well. I've come to a point where I have a really good understanding of myself. I know when to trade. I know when not to trade, based on my mindset, based on how I feel in my body, and you know, over the long run, it has really shaped my trading performance and make it more profitable you know it's more it's way better than than what it used to be for sure yeah i think that that discipline i think what you mentioned there in terms of knowing when to trade and when not to trade a lot of the listeners out there may have found themselves in that scenario where they kind of get bored they've got a bit of a a bit of capital there to play with and they just decide to maybe make trades or investments that they wouldn't have done if they weren't bored if that makes sense and that's something important to try and uh, to avoid yes absolutely my my main tool uh, that I use uh, to help me manage my, my mindset and my emotion, emotions in general, uh, is as you already know, mindfulness, and it's it's a beautiful practice, um, and it, it's the practice is not about suppressing anything. It's not about suppressing emotions and and pushing them away, or even your thoughts for that matter. It's, it's not about that at all. It's about letting all of those things come to the surface and, and facing them for what they are, looking into their, their nature. Uh, you know, not, not what your thoughts are telling you about them, about your emotions, but what they are as, as, uh, as physical phenomena. 
yeah, for, for instance, uh, what, you know, what difficult emotion is arising for you in the moment, right? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it, you know, envy, greed? Uh, and when those are arising for you, you, you don't judge them. You just observe what it feels like in your body, what it feels like to experience those, you know, that particular phenomenon without any labels or, or judgment, just the raw physical sensations of it, right? Of that specific emotions, uh, that specific emotion. And when you do that, uh, what you notice, well, first, what you notice is that in an emotion, it's just some neutral sensations that's arising in, in you know, that field you call consciousness in your body. And you can learn to accept it as it is and feel it and befriend it. Second, when you look at the emotion objectively, uh, you, you notice that you, there's always an element of choice present in your mind, um, you know, an element of, 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 of not acting it out blindly, right? Especially if it's a particular destructive emotion. And again, that element of choice is, is always there if you can gather the awareness and the presence of mind to look into what you're feeling. Yeah, and, and lastly, the emotion has a lifespan. If you're, if you're not consistently... Uh, creating uh, and rehearsing stories about about the emotion in in your mind, right? It just dies off naturally on its own, and so trading. I, I really believe that it's it's about learning to changing your relationship with yourself. It's, it's learning to change the way you experience your inner life and how you relate to unfolding ex- experience. You are slowly becoming someone who can consistently act in his or, or her own best interest yeah i think a lot of people end up becoming trapped by their emotion and their, and their feeling and feeling like they only have one way out of a trade for example and that's something that a lot of people have been trapped with whether it's not uh, on football index or other sports betting trading platforms but also in you know traditional markets as well uh, so what what would you what would your advice be to people in that kind of scenario where they do feel entrapped by their own emotions when being faced with a decision whether or not to you know hold something buy more sell etc well for for starters i I would say that it's absolutely crucial to have a plan to approach this endeavor with a plan um yeah and 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 this plan should outline a system that includes a risk management plan uh, that has a positive expected value meaning that as you trade the system, um, it's virtually guaranteed to make you money, perhaps not immediately in the short term, but in the long run. Second, I would say that uh, it's, it's important to shift your perspective from one that is uh, money-oriented to process-oriented. In other words, in the short term, winning trades and losing trades shouldn't get to your head or to your heart for that matter, because you are playing the numbers game. So when playing the numbers, the numbers game, your ego shouldn't get involved in, in, in this. Um, and, and so it helps to have a process and to place your focus there in, in, instead, instead of constantly being, uh, thinking about your own story of survival, right? What, I'm, what, what am I going to do if I lose on this trade or that trade? You know, this is what messes uh, people's results over the long run. It's being too focused on this me, my, my, mine story. You know, it's about me. And no, just refocus your, your attention on, on your process. And this should alleviate all of the different difficulties that you might encounter while, while trading your way to financial freedom. One last thing, uh, a third point. It's, you know, maybe try to pay attention to how you're feeling each and every moment. You know, are, are you feeling calm and, and committed to being disciplined? Or are you agitated or, or anxious? There is a direct relationship between your mindset and your trading performance. 
and it's more direct than most people assume. And yeah, so that's that's about it. And it's 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 a very simple, uh, you know, process. Uh, but most people can't get themselves to do this, to have a plan and focus on the mindset component and all of that. But yeah, I mean, if you do these things, you'll be far ahead of the crowd for, for sure. I think that really leads us on to one of the first questions that we got, which was from uh, Jay Davies. He said, excellent guest choice, Fix. So you've, you've got an admirer there, Ivan. Uh, in relation to this tweet, what techniques do you use to manage your emotions and to suppress temptations to chase your losses? So the tweet you, you he mentioned was, when you lose money, it's human nature to want to make it back all or to all to make it all back twice as fast slow down manage your emotions and revert your attention back to your process so this is really linking back into what you were just talking about but how do you stop yourself chasing losses uh well it all boils down to it comes back to being mindful at uh, developing a mindfulness practice and this capacity to look into how you're feeling and not acting out blindly you know some blind patterns of reaction uh, and that's that's what mindfulness does it helps you you know develop self-knowledge and become more aware of what's happening in your body and mind in in the moment but i i want to be very clear about my mindfulness you know mindfulness is not about you know proselytizing people because you know i talk a lot about meditation and mindfulness and people often assume that i must be a buddhist I'm, I'm not. I'm, my mother is a diehard Christian. My, my dad is a non-practicing Hindu. I've never really liked the dogmatic adherence to any specific faith, right? I, I like to ident- identify as a, as a human, not as a Christian or Hindu or Buddhist or whatever else. Claim neither faith nor d- disbelief in, in, in those things. I like to approach things in a pragmatic manner. And stability of mind can be learned. That's the whole point of meditation. It gets you into the habit of, of looking at things uh, in, in, you know, in a deeper way. You're examining more carefully this, this thing uh, we, we call experience or you know, reality. And when you do so, a few illusions fall apart. The illusion of separateness, of ego, of permanence. And... <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different conversation that we can get into, but let's keep it simple for for now. But yeah, it all boils down to being mindfully present of your experience, your emotions, your thoughts. can be as simple, but simple is not necessarily easy. (laughs) And, you know, he's mentioned there in your tweet, when you lose money, it is human nature to want to make it all back to us as fast. Why don't you talk to us a bit about that kind of psychological factor of why humans hate loss so much and why we actually hate it twice as much as we like winning? Yeah, it's, I, I think Daniel Kahneman, you know, wrote a very beautiful book about this, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. And he, del- he delves deeper into this kind of loss uh, aversion feeling that we we have when money is involved or not necessarily money but you know our decisions tend to be tainted when money time energy or anything we deem worthy is is on the line and yes it's it's uh, closely related to this idea of loss aversion in a nutshell as as i mentioned before you know there's a simple process that helps you really uh consistently make better decisions in the market um, and you know have have a plan as i said earlier shift your perspective from one that is focused on the process right, from one that is focused on on the money and put it on on changing to change it to one that is focused on 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 the process uh, pay attention to to how you're feeling in each each and you know and every moment and but you know when Taking a loss, most people's first instinct is, yes, to get the money back at all costs, which often makes things much, much worse. Um, In in my course, the Trading Psychology Mastery course, at some point, I, I, I make traders go through a very simple exercise, and it's super effective. 
um, I ask them to, to take a sheet of paper, a pen and a coin, uh, you know, heads, if you, you earn $60, let's say, if the, the coin lands on heads, and you lose $20 if it uh, lands on, on tails. And you write the results down as you're flipping the coin. After 10 tosses, you might win more or you might lose more. Anything can happen, really. But after 100 tosses or more, you're almost certain to win more than you lose. Because the, 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 you know, the system just makes sense mathematically. And, and so doing this exercise helps people understand that they're playing a numbers game. Okay? And when playing a numbers game, uh, results they matter, you know, but they do not matter in the short term. They matter over the long run. Um, yeah, so so that's it. You know, it's you you have to be willing to do the work, right? You have to be willing to understand trading better, uh, to understand risk management better, how to think in probabilities. And that's it's a very you know nice way of doing this experiment. It's, it's about all about thinking probabilities. But yeah, uh, being wrong. Uh, it, creates an imbalance in, in the human mind. Conversely, being right means that our current belief system is supported. The brain likes that, by the way. So it rewards us with a shot of dopamine, which has uplifting properties. But when trading, if you're consistently seeking to, you know, if you're consistently seeking your fix of dopamine, you, you may feel good in the short term, but your actions will uh, negatively impact your your trading performance in the long run, and so to to con- conclude this line of, of of thought, I I insist that people in my course do this little dice experiment, so dice exercise, uh, and and not just listen to me talk about it because reading or listening is fortunately it's not enough. Seeing, doing, feeling—that is real understanding. Yeah, I think that that uh, kind of experiment and and thinking probabilistically is something that people just don't do enough. I think there was something that I talked to uh, Sam Friedman on a podcast of uh, you know ten or so episodes ago, where we talked about that notion that if if you're given one million pounds for free, or you have a fifty-fifty chance of winning ten million pounds most people will take that million pounds because they're scared of not having that, right? There's that kind of psychological thinking that you've already got that million and you shouldn't bet it. Whereas, you know, the actual odds of you turning a million into 10 million is 10 to 1, right? But you're being offered 2 to 1 odds, but most humans don't take it. Yeah, and and so those are psychological shortcuts that, that we human beings have. And, you, you know, we don't really think deeper about things. Uh, we just rely on those different mechanisms that, that allow us to take quick and, you know, quick decisions. But in, in trading, it doesn't, it, it's, it doesn't work to our advantage. We need to develop a more sophisticated, sophisticated way of thinking and, and acting. And, again, this uh, starts with having a plan and understanding the, the, the game that you're playing, right? Because for you to be good at something, you have to understand the rules and the game and how it's played and what's the better way to approach this game, right? And most people don't do that. And so, you know, of course, a lot of psychological shortcuts that is very useful in, you know, in the world, you know, let's say when, you, you know, in the wild, if you're attacked by a bear, like bear, let's say, it's those shortcuts, those fast way of thinking are very, very useful, but they're not that useful when you have to make more uh, conscious choices, especially when it comes to to you know, finance.
Yeah, I've, I've got one last thing to ask you on, on this kind of subject of, of loss, right? What would your tip to, to traders and aspiring traders be to kind of build up that loss aversion, to become more okay with loss? Is it is it feeling that feeling that you were talking about? Is it, you know, doing the flipping coin exercise? Is it thinking more probabilistically? What kind of exercises can people do to make them more okay with loss? This, this, this for sure, uh, doing this small exercise will help a lot because it will help you connect the dots and really crystallize the, the concept of thinking and probabilities and, and you know, the, the idea that you're playing a numbers game that over the short term, your results don't necessarily matter, but over the long run, you know, uh, they, they, it will be more, uh, your, your results will be more positive. Um, so, so that's one. And the second is to trade small, you know, just trade small. If, you, if you're new in this field, I can't stress this enough. You know, you trade small, keep, keep your emotions in check and slowly build your way up. Because that's what trading small does. It allows you to, to, to have more control over yourself, over your basic fears that tend to, you know, get into the picture and mess everything up. Uh, trading small will really help you to learn what works and what doesn't. And it will help you make mistakes without major consequences. Because if you're starting out, you have to expect that you're, you're going to make mistakes. It's, it's, it's going to happen. You know, when you're learning to play guitar or when you're learning to, I don't know, to swim, let's say, you're, you're going to make some mistakes and it's perfectly normal. Mistakes are just part of the process of learning. Um, but if you're trading a big right from the get-go, mistakes are going to have major consequences and, and they'll just boot you out of the game at some point. And this is one of the, you know, one of the things I did at, at the beginning I, when I started tra- trading. I traded with too big of a size and it just made my you know, emotions fluctuate all over the place. And it wasn't a pleasant experience at all. Not only made it, it made learning that much more difficult, but it also made my experience of trading miserable because when I was losing, I was completely depressed. When I was winning, I was, I felt ecstatic and, you know, powerful and on top of the world. That is not a way to approach a numbers game. The way to approach a numbers game is to keep things consistent, small, manageable, so that your ego doesn't get too much, you know, doesn't enter the picture too much. And yeah, you should shoot for consistency. When you're consistency trading a small position size, then increase your size slowly but surely. Make it a process. Don't, 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 you know, so many people, they enter this, this field and they want to get rich quick. That is the wrong approach. And I've been guilty of that myself. But it's, it's only through experience that you realize that this is not the right approach, then of course you're you you know you, you can you can go on a mission to try to tell people to that this is not the the, the right approach that you should approach trading with more uh, discipline and more um, like kind of process based manner. But most people don't don't listen. But you do you do whatever you can to you know change minds. It's tough, especially when people are kind of set in their ways, isn't it? But well, I think that's that's all we've got time for on that question. We've got loads of others. Uh, Soccer Index says, can you explain the sunk cost fallacy, please? So many new users still don't understand it. Okay, so, so the sunk cost fa- fallacy is directly related to the uh, loss aversion bias that we've just you know talked about. I really I recommend reading um, this book called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, he, he delves deep, deeper into this. But reading about something is one thing. The real question is what are the strategies to implement to help you make better decisions in the market and, and you know, consistent decisions? And in, when it comes to this 
sunk cost fallacy thing, which is which basically explains how our, de- our decisions are tainted when money, time, energy, or as said earlier, anything we deem worthy is on the line. Uh, it's it's true to just again approach trading with with a plan. You know, create a plan that has a set of rules that you can follow, and make sure that those rules have the, the, that the whole system has a positive expected value, which means that as you keep trading it, it will win over the long run. And that's one of the one of the most efficient ways of dealing with all these different biases that Daniel Kahneman talks about. Uh, first, it's to have a plan. And second is to, you know, become more aware of yourself. You know, de- develop a mindfulness practice. Uh, Learn to not to take your thoughts all too seriously. Learn to see that there's there's a difference between uh, perception and reality, and what we perceive sometimes is 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 at odds with reality. And it takes really a, like a wise approach, like a wise uh, quality in the mind to to really recognize that. Uh, Sometimes the things you think that are true are not actually true. They're what you think is true. And what you think is sometimes, uh, as said, at odds with reality. So there's no way to, you know, completely rid yourself of cognitive biases. Uh, You know, let me be clear about that. But you can, for sure, you can decrease them to a certain extent. That's where mindfulness comes in. That that's when it, that's where a plan comes in, and that's when a genuine openness to changing your mind comes in as well. Um, I I think a good trader is an expert at changing his mind rapidly. He doesn't hold to his onto his opinion too firmly, right? He knows he or she knows when to let go and when to to be a little bit more. Uh, assertive when it comes to you know an opinion let's say that that person has about certain market direction so it's all about cultivating a a certain quality of wise discernment in the mind yeah and you see this with with companies all the time that the sunk cost fallacy where they invest loads of money into a project or a or some sort of new idea that they've got and it's not working out and they continue to put more and more money and energy into it when objectively what they should have been doing is cutting that at the at the root and, and traders do that also if they've got a you know a company that they thought was going to do very well or you know in soccer betting terms or football betting terms a team that they thought was going to do very well they build a position in their favored uh bias and that they find it hard to trade out because they want it to do well even though objectively it might not do well and i really really love what you said there about a good trader is excellent at changing their mind i think that's an amazing quote um but we'll move on to the to the next question which is from uh, zen and the art of football index so this is someone who's is very uh, in tune with their mind and body uh, oh wow Ivan is my trading hero. This will be the best uh, Figcast ever. So uh, clearly a big fan. What tips does Ivan have on controlling the desire to overtrade? So why don't you explain to listeners that maybe don't know what overtrading is, even though it, it's kind of what it says on the tin, what exactly it is and how you can control uh, control the desire to overtrade and why it's pretty bad. Okay, overtrading is, is simply the act of taking any trades that doesn't, fit into a, a positive expectancy mold and it's it's any trade that you take that that is outside of your system um, but other than that uh, you know I, I think that on another twist on uh, over trading is is that it might be a good thing actually because if you're trading um, a, a system that has a positive expected value you want to actually over trade you want to trade a lot you know to have the numbers work in your favor over time. Uh, but the problem is that, as we've just talked about, there are different cognitive biases that people have and, and that affect their decision-making process. And so we're not always objective and rational all the time. And that's why it's certainly useful to limit 
the the um the the quantity of trades that we place on on a daily basis, let's say, or on a weekly basis, whatever. Um, I've found that limiting the the number of trades that you place per day, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, really helps you limit the damage when it comes to taking trades that are outside of your system. And yeah, so so and another way to not overtrade, which is to say, n- not take systems that are outside of your of your of your of your system. Uh, it's to just don't check your phone every hour, every second, or every minute of of the day. Just try to develop a healthier approach with with your phone, because you know this new day and age of technology. It's it's made information so accessible and so immediate. Where we're able to check our positions um, at every moment of the day, and this is not really helpful, in my opinion. When when you Place a trade. You have to let it work, um, and it doesn't help to just check your PNL every second, every moment, like that. Personally, it's one one of the reasons why I don't own a phone. You know, I I have a very okay. I've always struggled with with ADHD. Okay, I've struggled that my 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 entire life, and I've what I've found is that a phone it it just makes my condition even worse. So I've decided a very long time ago to just not own a phone. It makes my mind sharper. I just get lost in thought less often. Uh, I am more present in my life. I'm not constantly checking my notifications, my emails, my position, my, my trades. And this has really helped with my trading performance as well, because I'm, I'm not, you know, that obsessed anymore. You know, I... So this has worked for, for me. Of course, I understand that is not a viable option for each and every one. But just, again, develop a healthier approach with uh, a healthier approach to technology. Uh, know when to just close the computer and just leave. And, you know, when to put your phone down. And I promise you, your trading will get better because you will give your your trades the the time they need to flourish uh, to work in in your favor and and then you also you you won't be stimulated um you know so often by so many so much conflicting news because that's one of the reasons why people tend to overtrade as well there's just a massive amount of of information out there uh, and and Often information that 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 is in direct conflict with what your system tells you to do, and people are you, you know just sometimes they they don't commit enough to their trading plan. They you know some piece of information comes in, and they they let that influence their 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 approach. And this is what creates mediocre results over the long run. So, you know, that's what I have to see on, on overtrading. Amazing stuff, man. The next question we've got is from uh, Screech Sensei. How do you balance risk management with the desire to make big profit? First of all, uh, risk. I, I really believe that risk shouldn't be thought of as a, you know, one size fits all thing. You know, it, it should be calculated based on various parameters, uh, market, uh, strategy, volatility, but also mindset. But one thing is unequivocal is, is that if you come into trading expecting no risk at all, you're, you're in the wrong field. But that said, if you're trading a system with a positive expected value, you know, over the long run, it's going to work in your favor. You're, you're, you're going to make money. You're almost guaranteed to make money in the long run if you follow that system to the letter. Now, some people want to build wealth a little bit faster. And I think that it's perfectly okay to risk a little bit more sometimes, especially when you feel that odds, when you've developed some sort of intuition and when you've been doing that for for some time and you you feel that something has the potential to move a little bit more. uh, So, you know, you're not that rigid with your price targets. You, you know, you, 
decide to, to give the trade a little bit more leeway. And all, all that is part of this, this kind of mastery that you're building in trading, right? It, and this won't come overnight. It takes time to, to really build this quality of wise discernment, this intuition when it comes to uh, risk, you know, when you should increase it, when you should decrease it. Personally, I'm still working on that. Uh, I, I try as much as possible to 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 keep my approach consistent. I'm a, you know when I trade, I trade a systematic. Uh, I I trade two trading strategies. Firstly, uh, one that is based uh, one is long term. You know where I buy and sell stocks, and it's based on the weekly time frame. And this strategy I traded on 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 a bigger account, and this is where most of my uh, you know, most of my income comes comes from. Um, I don't make money every month there, you know, but I do make money every now and then. But when I do make money, it it just it's enough to cancel out all the little losses I take here and there. And in this particular account, I'm very rigid. I it's a big account. I've taken a lot of time to build it to to the level that it's currently at, and. I, I try to be very conservative with my risk in this particular account. Uh, also because I know that most of the time, you know, I I tend to take losses on, you know, when I trade this strategy on, on, on this account. So my expectation is that, you know, uh, at, at least 70% of the trades that I'm going to place in this account are going to, you know, end, end up in losses. And I'm perfectly fine with that. Uh, so I, you know, limit the damage. I, I keep my position size very con- con- conservative, and I shoot for consistency instead. But then on the sidelines, I trade an, another uh, smaller account, uh, and I, I, on this account, I adopt a uh, short-term trading strategy. It's a day trading strategy based on options. And this is where I let my, my, uh, you know, let's say creativity go a little bit wild. I I'm gonna rely a lot of on in, intuition, especially for the exit. Uh, my entry uh, um, is st- still systematic on this account, but when it comes to to my exits, I I will usually let the trades run a little bit more than you know, what my uh, plan says about what my price target should be. And this account, on the other hand, the profit and loss fluctuates a lot. Some years, these these past couple of years, I've, you know, made a good chunk of money on, on, on this account because, um, first of all, the market has been going up, so it's been easy money. I'm not trading a holy grail trading system. It's just because... The market has been pretty gener- you know, generous these these past couple of years, so it's been you know easy money, so to speak. Um, and I've been letting my profits run a little bit more than what my plan instructs me to do. And this intuition, you develop it over time. It doesn't come overnight. You you have to work hard at it. You have to spend a fair, fair amount of time watching price action and developing a feel for it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like anything, right? You're learning to play guitar. You're you're not going to learn to play guitar well over a month or two of sporadic playing. It comes over time with con- consistent practice. Yeah, I think risk management is often what a lot of people get wrong especially at the beginning of their kind of trading ventures where they might use too much capital or they might overtrade, as we discussed earlier or they might just not know the rules of the game as you were talking about earlier know what you're trading i think is a really important message um we've got another question here from roi rio index or rio index how often do you journal your trades and how important is this to your trading yeah, I, I journal after every trade that I place. I first of all I separate journaling from trade logging. Those things are are completely different in my opinion. Trade logging is is 
is the is the the act of recording uh, you know every trade that you place in a, you know some kind of log some kind of excel spreadsheet let's say and this will allow you to um, you know look at your numbers overall if you're making money if you're losing money uh, and uh, you know draw in some sort of equity curve uh, to figure out where this whole trading uh, activity thing is is, is going uh, but then there's another uh, small journal that I hold on on the side and this is where I, I write about my mindset and how I'm feeling on a moment-to-moment basis especially when I'm trading and you know this has been a tremendous help it has really helped me you know alongside my mindfulness practice has helped me become a someone who's more aware and, and more you know conscious of his actions in the market and if if you do that if you if you separate your trading journal from your trading log if you keep a trading journal you reserve this for your mindset uh, you you will gather gather a, a tremendous amount of information about yourself over time and this will help you improve your game let's say when you make a specific mistake when you write it down you can look at it and and say you know this is this is where i this is what i did wrong this is where i went wrong and this can direct you towards what is right so tremendously useful i strongly recommend it if you're not if you're trading and you're not journaling you're you're not giving this craft the the attention it deserves you're 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 not um maximizing your chance your chances of of learning i think it it kind of goes back to uh that quote that you talked about a good trader is excellent at changing their mind if it's a thought that kind of comes into your brain and, and passes you by it might be not strong enough to kind of change your mind but if you're writing it down over and over and suddenly realize that this is a mistake that you're making quite consistently it's going to be a lot easier for you to be objective and to, to change your mind isn't it yes for sure you know one one thing to to remember is that bad thing will keep happening to you until you learn the lesson and that's just how it is. There's no way around it. And you, you have to understand this. If you keep doing something despite your better judgment, it means you haven't learned yet. And you you have to do whatever you can to learn your lessons fast. And I've found out in my own experience that a journal is an excellent way to look into your own behavior, what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong write all of this down and and better your game is this still a useful technique for someone who's say a bit more passive who trades a bit more irregularly um i think that holding a mindset journal it w- will help you no matter how you look at it you know it, it will just help you become a more conscious human being someone that's more thoughtful and this will definitely affect your your uh, your uh, trading even if you're not trading a lot to begin with uh, I strongly believe that um, a a good trader is someone who thinks differently from from the rest. Is someone who approaches his inner life, his experience, differently from the rest. And so, journaling will really help you um, just yeah develop that capacity to introspect, um, you know, to live and examine life. That's that's the word I was looking for, um, and this will turn out to be, you know, priceless. Not not only in terms of, pre- of, of of trading, but in terms of your own pursuit of happiness. Because, listen, I'm I'm guessing that people trade because they 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 want a shot at a happy and fulfilled life, and they they think that trading is a way to get there, and it truly is, you know, in in many ways, but happiness is something that you find within yourself so when when you look at yourself and you you can look at what's you know all all the all the different qualities that is within you that are skillful and unskillful and knowing how to you know leverage the the qualities that are skillful as opposed to the qualities that are uh, 
that are unskillful. And journaling is a great way to get to this just level of self-understanding. Of, of course, if you couple it with, with a practice like, like mindfulness, I mean, the, the amount of change, of positive change that you're going to um, attract in your life is just, um, yeah, it's up there. Awesome. Awesome. And now I've got a couple questions, even though I've asked many during this podcast. Um, so what's your, what's key in your process when predicting how a market will move? Okay. So I, I don't necessarily, um, like to predict where mar- markets are going, even though I, I do it very often. We all do it, right? The brain is a, is a predicting, it's a predicting system, right? It's, you know, that's what it does. Uh, so we automatic, automatically do it, whether we, we, we understand that we're doing it or, or, or not. Uh, but whenever I approach my trades uh, or, you know, any trades, when, when, whenever I'm looking at the market, I try not to hold on to my opinions too tightly about, you know, let's say I have an opinion about market direction. I, I you know, I leave the 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 you know the the option open that I'm that I'm going to be wrong. I I always try to keep this in mind that there's a big chance that I'm that I might be wrong. And what this forces me to do is that it forces me to prepare for the worst case scenario all the time. So so I'm you know you know I'm never going in a trade you know uh, I'm not going all in. I'm not doing all those different reckless things i'm always prepared for the worst case scenario i I talked to you about my uh first trading strategy a little bit earlier that's a weekly trading strategy where my winning percentage is pretty low historical winning percentage is low it's it's about 30 35 percent on average Uh, so so this means that about 65 percent to 70 percent of the time I'm, i'm gonna lose on my trades so what I've realized is that it doesn't serve too much to try to predict where price is 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 going next because in the short term it can go anywhere. The market is very good at 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 pushing our buttons. You know, it it just it you you see a trend, you get in, and you you have some kind of conviction. You think that it's going to keep going up, and then it goes down stops you out and then it keeps going going back up and so the the market has a certain level of noise that no amount of analysis will dispel and it's very important to understand that because you know so many people approach trading with this idea that they can predict with a hundred percent certainty where prices is is, uh, is going to go next but Realities are otherwise. It's very, very hard to predict with with uh, tremendous accuracy uh, the direction of uh, the future direction of price. Uh, so why play this game to begin with? Just have a process, you know. Have a, a, a risk management plan that makes you lose little when you're wrong, but makes you win a lot when you win. And then stick with it. Just do that. You know, you, you don't have to. One thing I've realized is, as well is that when, when you're predicting things, you, you have your, usually you have your ego in, involved in, in this because you don't want to be wrong. Um, and, you, you know, you want to be right. You want this, this trade to turn out right, to turn out to be profitable. And, you, you know, and being wrong creates and it's sort of imbalance in in the human mind and so what i try to do in in my trading and it's not only it's not always easy but i i i uh i try my best to not predict to, uh, to not actively predict where price is going i just focus on risk management and placing my trades and playing the numbers game and that's it. And over the long term, the the, the results um, are are positive. I really do think if, if people have one thing to take away from this podcast is to to really think probabilistically, to think in that probabilistic manner 
rather than an emotional one because it will make your not only your trading so much better but you'll feel better about the way you trade and in the long term you're going to wait you're going to make a lot more money i think trading is is very simple the the mechanics are very simple but it's not easy for the various reasons that we've you know we've we've mentioned we've talked about it's it's a psychological game and most people have their different uh you know different biases and different uh, 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 you know uh, errors in judgment and thinking that really mess up uh, their performance over the long run and it's just impossible for them to maintain some some kind of consistency to be a trader is to do everything differently it's to really adopt a different approach and to to do the opposite of what the masses are, are doing. And that's what gets you consistent results. Perhaps not immediately, but over the long term, yes, it, it gets you positive results. And yeah, that's that's trading in a nutshell. You know, you want to do things differently. That's amazing, man. And I think we'll we'll end on on this last question because it's been talked about quite a lot during this episode. Mindfulness. Talk to us a bit more about kind of if someone's you know, looking at meditation or, or some other way of mindfulness for the first time, what, what would you recommend doing and what kind of techniques do you practice? There, there are many uh, free meditation apps out there. For instance, Headspace is a great little meditation app uh, that gets you started. You know, it gets you, uh, it helps you build a, you know, a mindfulness practice. And, you know, you're starting with five minutes, 10 minutes, and then working your way up to 20 minutes or even more. And this will make a big difference in your, in your, in your approach to, to your own life, uh, let alone trading, because you're, you're going to be more focused and more aware of what's happening in your body. And I mean, for, for me, it has really be, been a game changer. As I told you earlier, I, you know, I've suffered from ADHD my entire life, and I I don't take medications for it. I just I'm just very uh, disciplined when it comes to my use of technology, and because I've noticed that it makes my condition even worse. Uh, but I I also meditate a lot, and this has really really been helpful. Has really helped me focus better and and be less scattered, less um, you know, impulsive as well. Um, it has really allowed me to become a better version of myself. And that's why I recommend people to do mind mindfulness has been really a game change changer for me, uh, in my own life, but also in trading. Uh, you know, when, when your emotions fluctuate like a pendulum with every trade, it means that you're, you're, mind is crying for mastery over yourself right uh, and when when you master yourself when your confidence rests in yourself and your trading strategy and and your understanding of the market you are automatically more calmer more serene and and more consistent and your results are bound to show that so yes i I talk a lot about mindfulness in, in my work because I have a background as, as, as a monk. I've been studying mindfulness on retreats and in monasteries for, for, for a number of time now. I spent close to six months of my life living in different monasteries around the world uh, in different traditions, Zen, uh, Vipassana, and Dzogchen which have different approach approaches to 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 the whole idea of mindfulness and so whatever i talk uh on on my website it's it's from this perspective it's not necessarily from a you, you know from an intellectual perspective you, you know I, I i do read books like thinking fast and slow or nasim talib's books and so on but what i talk about is mostly uh, uh, you know, it, 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 it's in regards to things that I've experienced in my own life and how I've been able to improve my trading performance by, by doing certain things and 
not only my training performance, but, but the quality of my life as a whole. Um, and that's what I, I do. I share that in blog posts. I share that on Twitter as well. Um, one of the recurring criticism that I receive on t- Twitter is that my tweets are, are, are platitudes. And yes, you know, I mean, a statement is is a platitude because of the recipient's own biases. That's what I think. You know, if if a New York taxi driver told you to buy low and sell high, you would be very quick to laugh laugh away the the latter his statement. But if Warren Buffett told you the exact same thing, this would be construed as a timeless piece of advice, right? Some profound wisdom. So something is only as valuable as the recipient, who, uh, as, as, you know, the, how the recipient perceives it. Ivan, we've been, we've been talking for over an hour now. It's been, it's been wonderful. Is there anything else that you want to talk about that you haven't already covered? Yeah, uh, sure. There's, there's just one thing, one last thing I, I, I wanted to add for, for anyone that's interested in trading, any form of trading. Trading can be a really wonderful career choice, uh, you, you know, if you put in the time and the energy and, you know, and also above all, if you're not unidimensional in your way of thinking. So my, my advice for aspiring traders is to keep trading, right? Keep trading, make mistakes, learn from, from your mistakes, develop an expertise, right? Uh, make money slowly. You know, don't expect to become rich overnight. It can happen, right? That's the wonderful thing about this field is that you can make a lot of money, uh, but you shouldn't expect to make a lot of money overnight. Uh, Although it can happen, you should expect to, should focus on building an an expertise and being being consistent. Uh, That's what pays in in the long run, more reliably. Uh, so yeah, fo- focus on making money slow, slowly, and then um, eventually leverage your expertise and create different streams of of, of, of income uh, using that expertise through I don't know coaching, you know, membership websites, podcasts, or or whatnot. That's when the rubber meets the road, if you want my sincere opinion. See, uh, even if you're a consistent trader. Your, in, your income will fluctuate all over the place. That's just a fact because there's a level of uncertainty in the market that's very, very hard to dispel. And if you're a consistent trade trader, you'll make money overall, okay? But on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis, anything can happen, right? The, the market reserves the right to do anything. Sometimes you'll get one, two, three losing months in a row uh, some, sometimes you'll you'll get one, two, three lo- winning months in a row. That's what the market does. You know that's what it does best. It's 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 a level of uncertainty that that is always present. Um, but yeah, you know, if there wasn't any uncertainty in the market, we would all be banking millions every week. But it's not the case, and. Personally, I mean, at the beginning, uh, my income as a trader was fluctuating all over the place. What I noticed is that sometimes I had really, really good months where I made a ton of money. But other times I had losing months or even so-so months, making not nearly um, uh, enough as I should be making. And so I realized that I needed to have more income sources to offset each other, right? Um, you, you know, if one wasn't making uh, me a lot of money on over a particular month, I had the other ones that I could count on, and those other ones would, would, would make money for me. So I decided to write books, create courses based on my expertise, right, and now it is what it is. I, you know, I run a website. Progress has been really slow and steady for me. Uh, but basically, uh, it, it all began out of this need for income diversification. And the different streams of income I've been able to, 
to create has allowed me to trade without any financial pressure whatsoever because money is coming in every month, no matter what, you know? I mean, there's, there's no secret. The average millionaire has at least seven sources of, of, of income. Don't quote me on this. I've read this somewhere and I wouldn't be able to, to, to tell you where. Uh, so, you know, when you create content, when you trade, uh, uh, those are different things you can do to create different sources of revenue for you. For you. Uh, and, you know, everyone that wanna, who, who wants to make it in this field should keep this in mind, in my opinion. I, I quit my normal day job about four, 14 years ago now, and I've been trading and creating content ever since. People will say that there's so many people selling junk in this field. There's so many scammers and so on. And yes, it's absolutely true, but you don't have to be one yourself. You, you don't have to, to, to sell junk when you become a consistently profitable trader and you want to di- divert, create diverse streams of income. You don't have to be a scammer, right? Uh, you, you can be one of the good guys, someone who really adds something valuable to people's lives. Um, again, don't be unidimensional in your way of thinking. And I'll leave it at that. That's amazing, man. Thank you so much. Uh, where, where can people find out more about you? And where can people find out some of, about some of your work? Sure. I, I run a website called Trading Composure, where I, where I talk about uh, my experience about trading. And I focus mainly on the mindset component because this is where I've struggled the most. And, you, you know, I share my thoughts in, in there through blog posts. I, I also have a few courses uh, that I offer. Uh, on this same website and then i'm very active on twitter uh my twitter handle is at ivan y-v-a-n b-y-e-a-j-e-e and i tweet anything from trading psychology tips to just basic advices on life that's about it amazing stuff man thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure we've gone an hour and 10 minutes and every minute has been amazing it's been a pleasure i I really appreciate you inviting me on your podcast thank you very much man i appreciate you coming on if you guys are commuting right now i hope you have a wonderful commute and and his dulcet tones i hope they uh, carry you through to work in a positive uh way if you're not commuting doing whatever you're doing uh tending to your plants or gardening or whatever you're doing cleaning your bathroom uh please have a great day and sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions as you can imagine there were loads um but uh he's a busy man and we we couldn't get through all of them thanks very much everyone <laughs>